0: what's up dirt bags welcome to episode 179 of the midwest angler podcast i'm scott Sturman, and i'm joined by matt deitch what's going on dude joined by matt like, like usual just like usual uh, i'd like to start off the show today by saying that today's episode is brought to you by dakota angler in sioux falls south dakota uh, stop in, talk to Josh, talk to Todd, talk to the rest of their crew and, uh, they'll get you pointed in the right direction for fishing, uh, uh not
1: just in South Dakota, but all of the tri-state area. Yeah, Definitely. I know you are starting to get to these real warm days, you know, obviously the days aren't as long as they were. I mean, yep. we're starting to get shorter days, but kind of in the dog days and, you know, you need to start switching up your tactics a little bit and they have all the tackle there that, you know, you need to do, you, you know, stop in there talk to those guys and they'll get you what you what they're biting on yep no doubt about that uh you know one thing about these guys they're talking
0: to fishermen every single day right every single day and and no they're not going to give you the gps coordinates on on where these guys were but they're going to tell you like hey we've been noticing that we've been selling a lot of this Uh, we've been noticing that we've been selling a lot of that the guys are saying that they're you know biting on this there's no better place to go than the small town mom and pops tackle shop like Dakota Angler there in Sioux Falls. They're the they're the guys that are talking to the most people.
1: They know what's going on out there on the lakes. No, oh, they definitely do. And uh, you know, you just walk in there and you can kind of tell. They'll be able to tell you what the hot colors are because yep. people are coming in there asking for that, what the hot bait is as far as like if they're using fatheads or larger minnows or crappie minnows or night nightcrawlers or what because, you know, that's what they're going to be selling a lot of, so. Yep, and uh, we've mentioned it before, but uh, I'll mention
0: it again now. Uh, we've got a promo code on their website, uh, www.dakotaangler.com. Uh, they've got fishing rods. Uh, they've got plenty of tackle. Uh, electronics uh, they've got nets they've got all sorts of stuff that uh, that you can buy a good selection of clothing uh, some killer cool Dakota angler hats Uh, Matt and I both picked up uh, one of those uh, and use the code dirtbag at checkout uh, all lowercase d-i-r-t-b-a-g lowercase dirtbag at checkout for uh, 10% off Um, that helps us out a lot uh todd todd and josh and the uh nick you know they're nice enough to uh uh you know come on come on board with the show and uh that's our way of kind of paying them back uh please go on their website and and uh yeah hit that up but uh yeah uh otherwise uh you know like matt said uh we're we're entering the dog days of summer uh things are i i don't know some of these days it's dang
1: near so dang hot even if i could go fishing i wouldn't (laughs) right The only the only one nice thing I re- remembered the other day that I do enjoy about this time of the year is I don't water my lawn, so I only have to mow. It. It's it's kind of in the two week pattern now, where I can get away with it for a couple weeks without mowing it. You so, know what the
0: crap part is? The weeds keep growing.
1: Well, that that's true. They always you kind of get Joe Dirt yard. You're kind of <laughs> patchy. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah. Real bad. Some, some areas you can't tell if you have mowed already or not. In other areas, you're you got to stop the bag and take the bag off and empty it. Every five feet. Yep. no, that uh, that is
0: a pain in the ass. I don't like it one bit. But uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's just part of living where we're living, and uh, you know the humidity. Good God. Yeah. Like you know, the other night you swung by and we were just chatting out at the end of my driveway. We're literally. I mean, it's it's nine o'clock at night. It's literally nine o'clock at night. We are doing nothing but standing, and I felt like maybe I was having a heart attack because <laughs> I was sweating just standing there, like holy heat. like, just, I don't know. I'm not for it. I'm not for it, but, no, I uh, hear you, there. you know, I guess, uh, those sorry suckers living down in Florida or some tropical climate. They're like, Pfft. You Know, they're, they're dealing with that all year. Oh, get so. us our sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, uh, uh, we got a really cool episode today. Uh, we're going to talk with Paul Stark. Uh, Paul is, uh, I believe, from the Sioux Falls area, but uh, one of the things that Matt and I have always admired about Paul is uh, uh he fishes a lot more of the local Sioux Falls lakes and uh, uh, very informative on Facebook. Uh, if you can track Paul down on Facebook, uh, um, I believe it's just his name, Paul Stark, but uh, he, you know, he 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 gives up a lot of information uh he's, he's not afraid to show you exactly what he's doing and uh because of
1: that i think he'll be a really good interview today uh, i totally agree with you anytime i run into him at a store or anywhere up in sioux falls and talk to him about fishing i mean he's like you said he's he's willing to talk is what he's doing and where he's catching them and stuff like that so yeah looking forward to it you bet let's cut uh let's cut over to paul and our guest
0: today on episode 179 is Paul Stark. Paul, how are you?
2: I'm doing great.
1: It's good. You're just five in the heat, are you?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've been out pretty much on the lake the last week and a half, pretty much every day. Missed a couple days, helped a kids charity event, a couple family things out, but been guiding and plus fishing some of the local lakes here around Sioux Falls, hitting those evenings and stuff.
0: Right on. Seeing,
2: chasing them big eyes.
0: That's right. Well, that's exactly what we what we wanted to uh, get you on the show for. So, um, Paul, we always like to get uh, get the show started off with a couple of random questions. So, I want to know if you could go to any concert right now. What concert would that be?
2: Oh, Kid Rock.
0: Kid Rock, Rock. yeah, all I'm right. all right. Boy, yeah. you, Craig, oh, yeah. Oiler, he, he, Craig Oiler, he, Craig Euler loves Kid Rock too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: On, in in the boat, I got uh, run Pandora, and there's times if you see me going in the boat, I have Pandora kid turned up and Kid Rock radio wide open. And
1: Just American badass plays, across the lake.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it plays a lot of. Oh, it plays a lot of my music for my generation. When I graduated. Early '80s, so it plays '70s music and plus Kid Rock and all the good stuff. Your ACDC, ZZ Top, Pat Benatar, Kid Rock.
0: Yeah. Music yeah. on that order. What uh, What's your favorite Kid Rock song?
2: Oh, there's so many of them. and stuff, so. <laughs> Caught me off guard on that one. I'm not sure off the top. Mark. That's all right. Uh-huh. That's all right. You can. Uh, but, when you like but, somebody,
1: yep. you like them all. Yep
2: yeah yeah and i'm in the music business i go through install home theater audio systems and stuff like that i used to build car audio systems and competed nationally and traveled all around the united states and i won the world finals down in florida at the ioska nationals really about 1993 and then my girls started getting older and i said i just got tired of running and i was professionally i was sponsored by the factories and some of these big Cars you see go around like the MTX trucks and kicker trucks and stuff like that. Yep. I built those back then. Nice, uh, cool. I, Sometimes I did them locally, and there's times I was down in Stillwater and helped with that one and Precision Power one. We helped with that one. So
0: did you? Did you work out almost. of Sioux Falls, or did you have your own business, or?
2: I worked out of Sioux Falls at the time. I have my own business now, and getting too old and fat to crawl under dashes. Last <laughs> about 25 years, I've been doing. Custom electronics in homes, home theater, smart house, computer yep. technologies. That's why partly Lawrence grabbed me up to be pro staff with him because I understand the electronics so well inside and out. I could run through menus. So these depth finders are pretty much mini computers now.
1: Yeah, that's stuff,
2: awesome.
1: So. Nice. I guess mine would so, be, uh, if there's a state you haven't visited yet, what state do you would you like most like to visit? Alaska. Wow. oh yeah yeah
2: been, i want to go go on a cruise and go fishing in alaska
0: i've been lucky enough to go on two cruises up there and and it is uh it's definitely impressive you know when a lot of people think of cruises they think of the caribbean and whatnot but that uh that is truly incredible up there
2: no i the cruises that people i talk to all they do is say that it's a big tourist trap and they just travel around and big drunk fests i've not drank and since i joke around i Last I got drunk was my wedding night, and that was about 38 years ago, and I woke up the next day married. I said, I'm not (laughs) going to do that again. (laughs) And that's meaning getting drunk (laughs) and stuff. But, no, I've never really had a habit for it back in the younger days. My dad was, when we were out in the fields, I lived on a farm up in northeast South Dakota, and uh, you want a beer or pop, and I always wanted a pop or Orange juice, and I never got a craving for it. And plus, I got a fishing habit. Support. I can't afford that alcohol. That's, well, that's expensive. That's right. <laughs> that's us too. Also, yeah.
0: <laughs> now, I'd no, I'd rather buy
2: a plug than a bottle of beer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, talk about uh, talk about growing up there in northeast South Dakota. Um, did you do a lot of fishing growing up, or was it mostly I, farm I work? I remember and...
2: fishing from long as I can remember. Uh, my dad was a very avid fisherman, like myself. My grandpa, my uncles and stuff. My mom is. My mom loves to fish. Uh, probably my first big 28-inch walleye that I remember and I lot of remember it, my dad talking about it was Lake Ponset and I was probably about five years old and we we're in the fish house perch fishing and he was outside and, and we had a just a homemade fish house one of the ones you see pretty much flip up ends canvas top. And he was outside going around jigging catch perch and he put me and my brother inside. Remember I got this big old walleye and he was on just a teardrop of a minnow, which remember the old poles with the nail on the end that you poked in the hole and I pulled this big walleye up and can't remember what kind of uh, size of hole it was then, it was when you had the old starter on the end of the ice hogger and you hooked up a battery to drill the hole and uh, still have that, I got that at my dad's, but you would pull it up through the hole and he spread, fanned out his gills, well then he got hooked and he went go back down because his gills were stuck and he was stuck in the hole And I walked out and tapped my dad on my shoulder and I said, Dad, you need to help me. I got this fish stuck in the hole. I can't get him out. He laughed, yeah, right. He'd come back in and went and grabbed his pliers and pulled it up and out. It was about 28, 29 inch walleye I got out of Lake Bronson. I was four or five years old then. All through when I was growing up, like I said, my uncles were great fishermen. So every time I had a chance, I'd be fishing those. We grew up, if anybody knows South Shore, Waverly area we're about six miles from Lake Ponset and stuff and many evenings after school I'd jump on the three or four-wheeler or three-wheeler back then no four-wheelers now hit the local creek or I'd be at Lake Ponset my brother always wanted to be a farmer and I tried getting out of it when I could (laughs) (laughs) went fishing and stuff and as I got a little older grandpa grandma they couldn't handle the boat by themselves and they retired from farming so I just traveled with them and during the whole summers, I pretty much stayed with them to help them load the boat and stuff and from Gettys to Mobridge Bridge and up in the lakes in the northeast and Blue Dog and Blue Dog was around then. And, uh, when I was young, Bitter Lake was a slough. We walked across it when we were kids and stuff. Bitter, just big sloughs. Florence, that's half my, re- some of my relatives land. The Dry Lake, that's some of my relatives lands all underwater there and stuff. So I just pretty much fished three four days a week if not five days a week since i can remember except for the time when we had kids and traveled the audio circuit a little bit but after they got got out older and stuff i went back to my fishing ways
0: well that's good it's the way to do it yeah and uh and now you're living in sioux falls
2: yep yep i live in sioux falls down here okay I, i go through and kind of carry over some of the things dads and uncles taught me it's I moved to Sioux Falls. It would have been about 1983 and stuff. And to go through and looking for a lake, and everybody says how it's tough fishing. And one thing I ended up doing a lot is I, I knew the lakes were tough fishing, but when I was younger, my dad like punished women lakes so just a few miles from our place. My dad, he always hit on me, do not go through and chase the bites. Learn a local lake. Get that lake regularly, whether they're biting or not, and you're going to learn something, whether they're biting or not you're gonna catch them. So I went through in the first few years and went here, I'd probably, I think first year, few years, five years or so, I'd exclusively run to Lake Vermilion every every time I had a chance. And everybody said, wanna go fishing and stuff like that. I said, oh, here's this, got this break. I don't care, I'm going to Lake Vermilion. After a while, you, you end up getting for fishing on Lake Vermilion, and you, five years, six years, I just fish in that lake steady. You learn the habits and then I slowly started expanding and then i'd say i'm gonna pick another lake here and stuff and then i think it was back in the mid 80s later later 80s i brought about 90s i started hitting island and it's like hey figuring that out and stuff and it was just an upcoming lake back then and stuff and just slowly jump around each lake and try to learn each one each one individually and just don't give up on them don't chase the bite go through and just keep hitting something over and over and over and Night you don't catch something, like you said, you learn what not to do and <laughs> yeah, really right, yeah. try something else. I mean and it s- makes you a, a lot prouder fisherman knowing you did it that way too, than hearing something and ninety percent to change the bite and you go hear about a bite and you run there. The bite's done already, or yeah, you don't oh know yeah. the exact technique, the exact depth. I mean, there's always some little thing that maybe a trick that you learn that makes you more productive, as you and I, we both know. Do
1: you you think that that's what a common mistake a lot of people make is to give up on a lake too soon? Like they go there once or twice and they're like, oh, there's no fish in here. So then they just write it off completely and never
2: go back to it. That's a huge mistake. Yep. I think it is a lot. I think, look, the Game Fishing Parks in South Dakota does a great job. And look at the netting reports. I'd study those a lot and I still do. I actually go through and take pictures of them, screenshots on the phone and I look them over and that right now that's a lot of how i pick my lakes and the one i hear the most buzz about the people are at i usually avoid because you get a lot of people how they're looking for me out there and trying to figure out where i'm at well if i hear lakes on fire or biting i don't go to it i'm not for me it's out trying to find the fish and get them on my own i don't i don't care to chase a bite a whole lot i don't and stuff it's don't need fish in the freezer i just go for the challenge of trying to figure a lake out Yep.
0: You know, Paul, uh, Matt and I talk about you quite a bit. Uh, You know, a lot of people feel like if you're not going Uh north of... No, 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 no. No, No. but, uh, you know, both of us follow you on social media, and, you know, you consistently catch big fish i mean it, it seems like you you're consistently catching fish but they're big ones too and uh yep. you know everybody you know i feel like a lot of people think like oh man you got to go north of brookings in order to really get on walleyes you know there's no walleyes in in southeast south dakota and and that's just plain out not true and and, I, and you're proof of that but but you know a lot of these lakes down here are a lot smaller you know they're not the size of ponset bitter Wa bay thompson how do you tackle these smaller lakes differently than, than those big lakes up in the northeast?
2: Uh, I go through and try to learn the lake. Uh, give you certain examples. Vermilion, you go through, work that. They got certain areas they like to hang certain times of year. A lot of yellow other guys that fish vermilion may know about that sunken bridge up north. Hot, calm days. Walleyes, as we all know, they like to go deep, get into shade. They either tuck up in the weeds or they go deep and try to get up something. You try to get like in vermilion and then other lakes is going to be the same you look for structure to get next to go suck up to the island spot lock you can even walk up to your boat and you got to be within there's times your jig has to be touching the bridge you catch them you go five feet back the person in the back of the boat don't get it the person in the front will you really? just gotta go through and do things like that we've won a couple league tournaments doing that my buddies and i we've had some boats come out and 30 boats in the lake, they all come in with 13-inch walleye We have our limit of 19s and 2, 3 over 20s just by working areas like that.
0: So how important uh, are your electronics there?
2: Uh, I do a lot of driving and looking, so I use that a lot. But once I find the fish, then I usually work them. Some of the places I fish, I got Lowrance, obviously, with Active Target. I use it a ton ice fishing, some in deeper water, but a lot of the stuff getting to this time of year and later, I fish so much tight into the weeds and along the weed edges that you, you you can't see the fish in there anyway. You're just trying to get them to suck out of the weeds to go to your lure. You just look and you just see a ball of weeds. You may see them come and hit it, but then they're already committed. Right. And stuff. So but- in that order.
0: Now, do you but, prefer I mean, to fish these smaller bodies of water uh, down in the southeast, or do you prefer oh, to, yeah. to to get you do you you even yeah, if I, I
2: like fishing these, I like the challenge. Going up north, to be honest, after I, I grew up up there and fished a lot, and plus I guide up there three four days a week, help Corey with Wabba Lake Guide Service. But up down here, I like the challenge. I mean, I think it's it is a little more challenge up there. I think if you figure things out up there, down here, up there, it's kind of like a gimme. In a lot of ways, it's not saying I get them every time, but it's I usually have no problem up there. Stuff if you use, it, you learn the methods to get into a pressured lake down here, and then you get up there that has bigger populations, less pressured. It's you usually can get get them pretty easy. <laughs> so I think so. Yep. Yeah, and there's the days. I mean, it's not every day, but it just as a rule of thumb, I think it is.
0: Now, now you're the type of guy that also, uh, you're kind of a quality over quantity guy uh, when you're fishing for yourself. Uh, you'd be ra- you'd rather go out and catch, uh, you know, one or two big fish than than a couple limits, right?
2: Yes, by far. Yep. Stuff. It's always nice to go through and get clients. You probably see some of the pictures with clients getting their limits and stuff. But I go out. I'm just as happy if I got if I get a couple twenty six, twenty sevens, or one even twenty seven, twenty eight a night. I'm tickled pink. I found one of the big walleyes, and I outsmarted one of the walleyes. It's what—it's not me about against any other fisherman. It's me against that big old walleye. It's just like when you go deer hunting. Everybody's after that big buck. And yep. Out you got him. Well, me, if I go through and find that big gal that's been hiding in the weeds and been elusive for all these years and stuff, I, it's just that one fish just makes me happy. And a lot of things helps going fishing. I go through and work a lot of days. I Go in at six, get off four, four thirty, sometimes five thirty. I don't hit the lake. Last night I never left the lake, put the boat in the water till seven o'clock and stuff. I left the lake about twelve thirty, one o'clock. But <laughs> it's just in that, but and this way, wife doesn't miss come home, eat dinner with the wife, make dinner, eat with her and stuff. Instead of, I'm not a TV watcher or much. Just slip out to the lake. It's just so relaxing, and you get back the next day. It's like you have the weekend off.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, it's true
2: and stuff instead of watching in front of the tube nothing worth watching on them anyway is <laughs> so,
1: that the truth <laughs> well now it's
2: funny i got a, a lot of them people call up and said oh you watch this fishing show and that fishing show i could hardly tell you i will ever <laughs> watch tv actually this last fall i recorded had a guy call me on his tv show locally and we recorded about eight nine episodes and He's all excited to get me on, and I can say I've, never, I've maybe seen his fishing show maybe once because you see, I'm out fishing. <laughs> <Except> watch <him. laughs> yep. but, so, watch them.
1: So, now we're making that transition here where we are getting into the kind of the dog days of summer that people like to call them, and, and the bike can get tough at times. What are like some different techniques that you're kind of going towards right now?
2: I look at the walleyes in the summer months, I feel the the temperature of the water, the amount of light and stuff like that really affects them. Most of your bait fish and stuff, are going to be sucked up tighter in the weeds. And the walleyes are either going to be deeper, relaxing, or down there in deeper structure, or they're going to be sucked tight, tight in the weeds. So pretty much how I presume is uh, either go during, the, I mainly go later in the evenings or early in the mornings because that one your water temperature and the lightest lowest for walleye and that or some of the windy days it can be productive too like today was but uh go to the deeper waters i'll look for structure just like i said the bridge or like twin Lakes by sioux falls or island lake up by there twin Lakes has a bunch of sunken trees if you've ever tried trolling around there you're tangled up and i don't know how much tackle you are there you can probably go <laughs> yeah with being a scuba diver right. but uh, uh i would i would go there and i'd pound in that, pound in that structure. You're going to lose jigs and lose stuff. I'll jig with maybe just a jig and a gulp minnow, and that, and on some of that structure or a jig and ramp if it's not quite so root weedy, or if I can get to the edge of it and not get tangled up. I go through sometimes eight, ten jig and ramps, maybe a mean it. But hey, it's the price you got to pay to go after that fish. Well, yeah. if it gets too bad, I'll just switch to a jig and a gulp. I mean, you get a box of jigs cheap and gulp, or even some of the power baits that look like minnows i like keeping things natural and just pound the bottom with those around the area and that is one of the ways in the deep water at this time of year uh, as it gets towards evening and the sun goes down i'll go through and i'll go through and hit the uh maybe what, what Corey and i Corey ewing with wild bay lake guide service that him and i fished together a ton we'd go through and we'd call it power corking where we'd go through and throw a slip bobber and hang a couple foot or so down, depending on the depth of the area, and just throw a plain hook with split shot and throw a leech on it and drive in the boat. Go back in Twin or Island, some of these areas that have the thickest of weeds. You can hardly get your boat through it. You're going to see these little openings back in there once in a while and flip a bobber in there with with a leech. Let it settle down and take and jiggle it around a little bit. You don't get something, look for the next opening, pitch it in there. They're there waiting to ambush something just like, any other predators waiting to ambush something and people come back there and they're just like oh dang i can't see how you don't get weeds or go through and a lot of people a lot of bass fishermen know this but get out go get the bass tackle go through get the weedless the crawlers where you rig them up with carolina rigs and stuff like that pitch them and let drop them in those openings and stuff them them walleyes are there yeah in the weeds in the shades and i think you guys bass fish enough a to, lot like, too you know that oh yeah a lot of people do that you're some a lot of the i was just thought i just heard seeing the other day online that one of the some one of the bass turnies got some big big walleyes down south someplace they did great they caught more walleyes than bass <laughs> like using their using their bass tackle and
0: me and Matt had that one time over at uh, Spirit Lake and, and over on the Iowa Great Lakes. We were pitching underneath docks, and we kept catching all these walleyes. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it was like, yep. yep. like,
2: <laughs> Yep, and then come up as it gets later. I'll go through, and you got this area of weeds where it may be solid weeds up to the top, but then you have that layer where it slowly, like, angles down, and uh, you get maybe in 10-foot, and then maybe 3-foot off the bottom, and you get up and eight foot and they may be a foot under the water get these shallow running plugs and stuff and pitch and bring them over the top uh husky jerks uh shallow flicker shads. I mean there's a there's a whole number of them and and stuff I mean choose your favorite poison pitch right to that weed edge mat and bring it in and you're going to hook a little weeds at times but those fish are coming up out of the weeds with their mouth open you get a little as long as you got the action yet I think them fish are still going to hit it many times they have weeds on the line and stuff and they'll just come up right out of the weeds waiting to ambush something underneath and smack it and just nail it i mean that i i do sometimes i do countdowns a lot too because what's nice you throw them out you bring them in they still a little high and then as you get closer you're real slower and it will just keep falling down as you come in and you can stay right on that top of those weeds and maybe the first 20 casts or so you're going to get weeds regularly but after a few casts you're going to realize where to keep the tip up, where you can start bringing it down and just stay at the top of those weed edges. You may nick them a few times, but that's when you know, speed it up or bring it up a little bit. And those fish are waiting in there.
1: Well, and sometimes that can trigger that bite is just nicking that weeds and, you know, ripping it yep, out of there yep, and they'll yep. just kind of reaction or, and just boom.
2: Or even like we talked to bass fishing, and I talked that, rig a, rig a uh, type of a walleye assassin or something and bury the hook in it a little bit so the tip sweeps out and pop it through the weeds. And sometimes yeah. you get weeds, you shake it a little bit, it comes out, or there's times you pop it and you you jerk it loose from that weed and you don't want to get loose and that walleye's just right behind it. And you're just like, oh I got a weed, I gotta pop it out. You pop it out. We've all had it. All of a sudden your pole butt gets ripped out of your hand. <laughs> yeah. And and we've all had it and that's where those walleyes are right now.
0: Now no uh, uh you know, when you're, when you're switching to those techniques away from say your spring techniques, uh, are you looking, are, do you, do you run your spring techniques until they quit working or, you know, is there a certain time of the year, uh, you know, normally July when you switch over or is it, I uh, say
2: my spring techniques, I'm cast in the same areas. It's just the weed lines are in shallow water. Yep. I mean, I can get up tighter, closer to shore and that where at these times the weed line is out further. So you may have to keep your tip up more and keep out of those weeds and adjust your speeds to stay at the top of them. And Some of your stuff that you use. Uh, another thing it works great on like I, sh- I had a guy last year come by when I was on twin, I fish twin a lot cause I don't care if I keep anything right? and stuff. Yeah. And they got some areas where there's some nice deep edges and the weed line mid August and stuff, you're going to hit 10 foot and the weeds just stop like a rock in a few places. And just like you do the structure, I was telling the others like I'm, vermilion where you come up to the island or come up to like an island lake come up to the junk pile and stuff and jig get close as you can you may snag it a few times but i try to get close as i can to the weed edge so the back half of the boat may be in the weeds and the front half is and i walk up a different place the boat getting rich jig a jig and ramp just just hammer them right at the edge of the weeds and i had a guy come over with his kids the other day and they could for last spring, fall summer and they're just like oh we just drove by we've been trolling this all day have not get a thing you're pulling up right and left i had him go through and anchor right beside me and i threw threw him a few jigging ramps and said here you go go for it and they jigged to the side they were just tickled pink they couldn't believe it they were just catching them one after another after that so so there so that's the methods i use
0: (laughs) so so you're catching those fish relatively close to your boat oh
2: yeah Oh, yeah, just pretty much right underneath the boat or casting. I'll go through, and I may go to the edge of the weed line, and then I'll cast diagonally and try to keep in the strike zone as long as I can. I don't get out too far. I stay over and cast in front of the boat and bring bring it diagonally over the top. And if you cast out and you're casting straight to the side and reel in, your strike zone is so much later where if you're following that weed edge, if you get everybody casting forward at a 45 – Stuff like that, you're 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 in the strike zone longer. Yep. You're yep. Gonna oh, yeah, you're going to be in that area longer. So,
0: when you're catching those fish so close to your boat, uh, how, how much do you think noise in your boat uh, makes a difference? Uh, do you think? Uh,
2: i don't think it does a whole lot because a lot of times if nobody's around me a lot of stuff i have that radio cranked and i'm sitting up there <laughs> just rocking i mean you've just found, found out that those
0: walleyes like kid rock that's what's that's, going
2: on yeah, his main yeah. secret right there <laughs> sure. i don't know about that but uh, i just think i don't and stuff i mean there may be times but most times i don't think it really matters just like you've seen on the I think I seen it. it's just a bean been showing up on Facebook the last few days. Grandpa told me, "Shut up, you're gonna scare the fish." Little did I know, he just wanted me to shut <laughs> up. Really exactly. Well,
1: for my, in my <laughs> instance, I know that was the truth. I mean, when my dad and my grandpa, that, they just wanted me to shut up. So.
0: <laughs> now, I know, Paul. Uh, in the winter time, uh, you've you've made posts where you're ice fishing in some super super skinny water for walleyes. Uh, how how important is noise that that's
2: that time very important there noise and light is very important there i don't have anything cranked up i put my earbuds in my airpods in there and then i'm cranked with those <laughs> 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 but uh but yeah that's real important on that and stuff noise i i don't even when i go in i don't even take well depending depend on what i have where of course no bear have a four-wheeler or three-wheeler the f- four-wheeler and i tell i'm old time's sake but uh with four-wheeler i i don't even drive up in the areas i fish i'll stop and i'll walk in and times i won't even drag a sled or drag something i just try to get in quiet as i can drill okay. my holes and i'm happy if there's probably a foot maybe maybe a little less water to two foot of water to fish in wow that's that. incredible so they're they're up there in there your electronics don't your your electronics don't do you a lot of good with the active target now and stuff i've you might have seen some of the videos. That helped me a lot more in them shallow waters. You can spin around and see what's in the area. But if, if you guys catch the walleyes in the winter, how many walleyes do you notice have those red bellies? Right. They're, they're and, and they're up there under, underneath the ice feeding. Uh, first freeze, you walk out on the ice. What do you see tucked up in the edge of the ice? Those minnows are tucked tight as you can. You step out, you see that clear ice, they're scooting out. That doesn't change just because the ice got thicker. It just... They're tucked up the same, and the walleyes are going to go where the feed is, huh. where the feed is going to be at, in the weeds and up tucked under the shore. So if, uh other thing I look for a lot is uh, some of these bays back in, and a lot of guys may be bad on giving away secrets, but, hey, that's what these shows are about. Go tuck up into some of these shallow bays and stuff where it's all muddy and stuff, the frock and, like, on Twin and Island, yeah. South Island. South Island, I've, there's times people look all over for me. They see the vehicle, I'm way back in there. These frogs go in there, and these frogs go dig the or the walleye go dig the frogs up out of the mud. I've caught walleye where you hook bad, kept a couple, you clean them, you find frogs down in their bellies in the middle of the winter. Well, they're down scooping them up, the ones that are down there hibernating. That's where their feed is. They're going to be where the food is. They're no different than a coyote or any other predator. Search for the food, and you're going to find the active walleye. That's kind of how I was taught.
1: That's kind of got to be like hand-to-hand combat when you're in that shallow of water, and I mean, there's not much line out. Yeah. I mean, you set that hook, and it's (laughs) coming up the hole. Yeah,
2: there it is. It is. It's it's exciting and stuff. And last last fall or last winter, you might have seen I was on Island. That's obviously one of the only lakes that have the muskies in them here. And I was in that two foot of water, and I hooked into a. It was about a 46 inch muskie in that. That was about a half hour deal. I couldn't even get it turned up the hole. I reached down the hole and. That was a little nerve wracking.
1: <laughs> jigging like uh, jigging
2: ramped. I think I had a I think I had a rip like a rattle trap type shad, a shad type blur like that jigging and trying to reach down with that plug and that size of fish to get him turned up the hole. I was afraid I was gonna get a hook in me. Right. It actually it actually buried pretty deep in my sleeve but didn't catch me. <laughs> the nice. hook did. But I you've probably seen the pictures where I brought it up and out. Wow. Got it up and out. So that was pretty exciting that day
0: that you know that had to be a pretty incredible fight because you know there, there's not a whole lot of up and down it's all side to side there and and yeah
2: uh, yeah yep. you know that. and it's about i mean you got pretty small wheels with little strength too it about spooled me a couple times i was just like oh my gosh wow <laughs> stuff so
0: yeah, that's awesome
2: yeah yep, that's about probably the third or fourth muskie i've caught through the ice so Nice. I'm,
0: I was actually watching a musky video this morning, and and uh, uh, I didn't. I, I've never caught a musky. I know Matt's caught a few of them, but uh, uh, once the water starts cooling down again, I think that might be something that I've got to go and try.
2: Yeah, I start pursuing them a little bit. I've got a few uh, forty-two. I think my biggest round is on fifty, fifty-one out of eighty-one ponds. In there, uh, Island Lake. Lately, I haven't got many, but I except for last winter. But when they First, going and about five years ago, I pursued them a little bit more. There, I'd say, and I probably got a dozen, two dozen or so out of there actively pursuing them. Nice and stuff. But yeah, no now you've talked. Oh, go ahead. I always end up going back to my walleyes Those muskies, they wear you out. An old <laughs> fat <guy like>
0: me. <laughs> well, and, and you were talking about uh breaking off, uh. Uh, breaking off jigs and whatnot, fishing those trees and whatnot, you break off a couple musky baits, and you know it. That's (laughs) pertinent more expensive than gas. (laughs)
2: Yeah, well, the musky baits usually drag up the tree that's with it. (laughs) Yeah, that's That's why you bring in all this pressure. I hooked into this big old branch, casting once, and I pulled it up, and I think I got six, eight plugs with it.
0: Nice. (laughs) That's a good deal. What I got
2: into this spring is I guided the spring. Out paddle fish and then we hooked into a about a hundred pound paddle fish. We got about thirty paddle fish for the weekend, but we got a hundred pounder and that was that was exciting. I'm gonna get into that more, I think.
0: Yeah, you know you got something there. I bet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. How how long uh, the fight was fish that? Those alone, I found that out. <laughs> I, I helped a buddy and guided him, and I don't see how you get one in by yourself. It needs a two man deal.
1: I believe that. How long of a fight was that one?
2: That paddle fish was probably about 25, 30 minutes.
1: Wow. Okay. And then
2: he'd get it up. I didn't I didn't have the tag. We're at the White River and I didn't have a tag and he did. So I was kind of the boat operator and kind of you'd, we'd spot the fish. We went way up the White River and stuff. That's why I like my little tiller boat with aluminum boat. I can get in shallows and we'd just go up there, talon down and tilt and then cast a bit. We'd, You'd, you'd tell when you got in the area because you'd see them take off and you'd see all the bees take off in the water. You'd just see the water split from them taking off, just kind of like a bass when they're chasing your lure, but you'd just see these going away from the boat. And We'd cast an area. He'd hook into one and then he'd bring it in and then I'd have to hang over the side of the boat with like a nylon lasso and try to grab him with my hands and hook him by the tail and <laughs> pull him in the boat. So It's
0: like deadliest catch. Was
2: more wore out for me. me try to lift him in the boat or him trying to reel them in with a pole yeah so
0: now now there you mentioned guiding and you mentioned earlier uh guiding with Waba Wabe lake uh guide service so most of your guiding is that uh, up in the northeast or do you guide down closer to sioux falls somewhat
2: i pretty much do it all in the northeast i don't do much around here i could be a lot more consistent with my customers and i guess and give them get them get them on fish and that's i don't i had to be in the probably nine years I've had it, I think I've had one time where they might have not got their limit, might have been two, three short. And I know it doesn't happen to every guide. I just happen to have lucky with Corey. He has six, seven other guides that work with him, and we all keep keep in close contact. And plus, being from up there, we got access to some private stuff too. If things aren't going places, we can get places. Yep, it's always and stuff nice. to get to get people on the bite. And I just like to you get people. Most of my guiding trips I have that maybe. Grandpa and Grandma with the grandkids, or a family get together, son and daughter, or a uh, son, son and daughter, a uh, dad with a daughter, dad with a son, and I want to get them on some fish and let them have some fun catching some fish. That I'm at. We're down here. It's not really. I can't going through and some nights I can't guarantee a fish. There's a lot of nights I don't get one myself. Yeah. And stuff. I'm happy with one two fish and I go down here. But if you go spend. Four hundred dollars or something, five hundred dollars to take somebody out, and you only catch one fish, you may be pretty disappointed.
0: Yep, yeah, yep, that's definitely understandable. Springtime,
2: I probably could do it and stuff there or the river. I don't put the boat away really in the winter. I I stay and probably see some of my posts. I my boat stays in my garage, and if I'll drop the oil and stuff or the lower unit oil when it starts getting real cold and change it. But I got a little uh, heat tape made, like you put on on a. pipes and then those really cold nights i wrap down that on the bottom of my own lower unit plug it in and i still go up and i'll hit picks down or go up to fort randall and i'm on the i'm on the boat yet in january february all through there through the year
0: do you prefer nice. the open water fishing over the ice fishing
2: uh yes as really? i get older yes
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's one thing
2: yep yeah. yep. Yeah. so if somebody told me if it hits 30 35 degrees or so, if It's good. and usually West River by Chamberlain. Or that it usually is up by like that. I mean, you don't get those real cold days quite as much, I don't think. There, and I'll be in the boat, I'd rather go to the boat than go sit on ice. Yep, I, it, you're just more mobile, I think, and you can find things so much better,
1: right? And you, so, you so. got any crazy guiding stories?
2: Uh, there's some, but I don't know if I could talk about some on the air. <laughs> 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 But, uh, how about but, like, any, I, I, any memorable I,
1: catches or anything like that?
2: <laughs> oh, that type of crazy. stuff. <laughs> I don't even know some of the people. Well, right. Well, well no, either, no, or, either or. or. I mean, just, make it entertaining. Great meeting people from all over the country. I had some a couple from New York I had out once and took them out. They were on their honeymoon and come out, took them out, and they had a great time and stuff. Uh, I've had people, it's funny how. We go through, and a lot of us, we go through, and we focus, oh, up here in the Midwest, walleye, walleye, walleye. And I had some people from New Orleans that come up I took out. And we go out, and we had our limit of walleye, and we were up there fishing. It was just in the June when it's just on fire up there. We're just catching the walleyes. We had our limit and stuff, and we were catching and releasing, and all of a sudden they hooked into a white bass. (laughs) And their eyes lit up, and they said, oh, my gosh, you got these stripers up here? (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's a white bass.
1: They didn't call them a perch?
2: yeah they called them stripers
1: you know, right.
2: and stuff and that so they got all excited Well, last as we all know wabe is just loaded with those <laughs> things right uh, they're fun to catch mean that's right um, but they're just they get to be when you're trying to pursue something else they get to be innocent sometimes but we took them over there and took them up north end and you know in the spring with the water coming in they just get stacked there and they had one every cast and and they, they were just super excited, and then they are asking what the limit is. That's about the time I think they changed it to 50 piece, And I'm like, ah, it's 30 apiece. <laughs> yeah, it's... They wanted to keep every one. I was like, I'm not cleaning all no. those things. <laughs> but they ended up keeping 60 of those, 60 white bass, and they were more excited about the white bass than the walleyes. And wow. I think they fished two and a half hours, and it's, they said this was the first time they had to go through and had to quit fishing actually because their arms got sore from reeling in fish. <laughs>
0: well, that's a good thing yeah, and, uh, good. to be a guide on so. that trip, so.
2: Yeah, yeah, so and some of those trips like that, and I get a lot of great trips. I had one earlier this summer where it was uh, a dad and a grandpa, and uh, and then I had a, the granddaughter and come out and took him out, and Bitter was pretty much on fire with a casting bite at the time, and plus a lot of the other lakes were too, but we had them out, and the granddaughter, she was seven, eight, and she couldn't really cast. Well, the first day I took them out and had the dad and grandpa really on him, but said the granddaughter couldn't cast so finally i thought well i'm gonna get her fixed up so the next day i went through and tracked down a zebco 202 something she could work with next day i took her out and taught her how to cast and do stuff a little bit more and she was all excited and she ended up catching i think 12 to 16 walleyes that day that morning that was a shorter day because it was their last day and they had to get going she caught like 16 walleyes or so and each of the dad caught four or five and she was we have tickled Paint just razzing them like a bunch of buddies. And oh, stuff. That's good. They're pretty happy by the end of the day. They're like, she could never cast before and do this. And some of those are very rewarding with me when I get to go do that and show kids how to do stuff. That's why, too, I'm active in a lot of kids' stuff in the, the spring and the winter and the summer. I help you know, Brian Folds and Jeremy Rowe with the kids' ice and fishing events. I help Brady Lewin. With, we just had it last week, Casting with Cops, where we... Picked up kids from the and Boys Ranch, um, Boys and Girls Club, and the Multicultural Center. We had about 50 of them, I think, here last Wednesday. We took, and we teamed off with peace officers who were in uniform, so they fished with them a day and stuff. And had a good time. A lot of that stuff I can't post because of certain rules and regulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Online, so I could share their stuff, but then I go through and help the National Turkey Federation of Brandon, I'd say. There's one of the great organizations i say support they go through and pick up kids from the crippled children's hospital and since the covid deal hit they don't do it as much but they're going to try getting going again but we get 125 kids a day and we got a private pond that i got access to from a friend it opens up for kids stuff and we take 125 kids a day out from the crippled children's hospital and take them fishing and they also go through to that private pond and then also days you're bored and have something go up they'll We'll get a couple of guys call and get together, and they'll run over and stuff. Uh, the the guys from Brandon there, they'll go to the nursing home, pick up some people, and nice. just take well, them off, really and take cool. them fishing. I mean, stuff like that is just very rewarding. You see some of these kids that never get a fish in the hospital, and the first they get out, and they're holding you and crying how they want to go home with you and stay fishing with you all the time, and it touches the guy pretty good and realizes how good a person actually had it in their life. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that, that is and stuff, and the opportunities that we got of being able to fish and stuff that they may never seen. No doubt about that. So.
0: Now, you know, Paul, you've, you've talked about uh, going out paddle fishing, you know, you, you talked uh, plenty of muskies have been caught, uh, um, you know, big walleyes. Uh, is there anything yet that, that you still want to catch?
2: Uh, I want to try the salmon out the river. Okay. I want to go after those and stuff i'd like to try a salmon fish once and i got friends out there i could call but it seems like when the cold water's going and the salmon are probably a little better the big walleye bite is good it's (laughs) it's
1: always hard (laughs) my focus kind of
2: changes a little bit it's like oh gosh i want to go there but these big walleyes are going here now so and stuff and i kind of forget about them until after it's over like oh we should have did that so
0: what is your personal best walleye
2: uh i had one where it was, we got that up northeast, and it was, I believe, right around 33 inches. And I never had a scale with me. Wow. And stuff. So, but yeah, just just right around 33. I went through, and I didn't have a measuring stick at the time, but I did have a sharpie. So we went <laughs> oh, through, yeah. and I laid it on the boat, and I put its nose on the back, and we pinched its tail, and did a sharpie on the floor, and the, the mark was there for quite a while. And then we went back, and had a wanted to release her right away because it was a fall fish, and I. Knew it wasn't big enough for a state record. It wasn't quite full of eggs yet. And I thought somebody get that in the spring, it'd be a state record. Yep. So I released it and got a video of it and got the release. In. And my buddy and I, we went back and measured it. It was just right. Mark was right at 33 inches. And we're like, oh my gosh. I didn't realize yeah, so it was nice. that long. And <laughs> number number of 30s, I'd say, and 31s up there. Well, stuff uh, Down by Sioux Falls, I could say. I've got some 29 30s out of uh, Twin Lake before my buddy Jim Smith and I went. He's caught some 29 and a half there. We got and, uh, North Island. I've got some 20. I got one 29 and a half. A couple myself and actually took a doctor friend of mine out that was just visiting from out of town to go fishing. And it's we were out earlier and we were. On, Got, he got a couple 26, 27s. He was all excited. Oh, I'm going to keep this getting mounted. And I said, Ah, let's just shoot for over a 28. You don't fish much. 26, 27 respectable, but 28 is kind of a goal you want to set. Let's let these grow up. And went around the bend, and all of a sudden he hooked into this pig, and we measured it, and it was 29 and a half Wow. <laughs> he, he's like, oh, my gosh, maybe I'll let that go for a bigger one. And I'm <laughs> like, that's a fish of a lifetime there, buddy. Yep, <laughs> right, that Now that you're don't getting greedy. Yeah. Get a replica made or keep it. That's I'm a personal preference. on people keep those. It's yep. what's legal is what's legal with the license. i It's not for me to say yep. stuff. So, and that and so he chose to keep it, and that's a good thing. And he still talks about it to me this day and saying how we got out of the game. Yep, no doubt about it.
0: Um, Paul, before we let you go, uh, I know that there uh, there's some companies that uh, that help you out, and uh, I think uh, you know. Probably should give you the opportunity to to shout those uh, companies out.
2: Yeah, well, I'm a pro staff for Shields. I go through and promote Shields and Shields. Well, shields like what I do with working with the kids and promote and try to promote fishing in the pot of the sport and stuff and show people how to fish and that. And as I did mention earlier, there's a lot of times people see me at these lakes and I did it a couple times this year already. If I end up alone and I see a kid or even an adult fishing alone, say, jump in the boat with me. Come on out. I have them come out with me. I don't have a clue who they are when they leave, but they end up being friends by the time I get done and stuff. A lot of them I get on big fish. The shields helps me out great. As you see, try to do that, and I also go through and Lawrence. I'm with Pro Staff on their team where I go through and I do the training at the Shield stores and other businesses how to that sell the Lawrence products, how to help sell it the features and how it controls and yep. plus when they get through they get stumped they get a lot of their customers and clients they call me and i help them out i had a couple boats just last week i went through and did firmware updates and some of them a couple of them, I went on the water with and showed them how to do settings do different screens and showed them how to run the units i got to go to pier thursday and friday and got two three people i think i got to take out and want me to jump in their boats, they're going to pay my gas there and give me a little extra and take them out and have them run the electronics and show them how to work their active targets and set their settings and do all that. So
0: I can't beat that.
2: Lorenzo, so I've been called by other companies, but as you know, you get all these places call you on pro staff, you get too thin, and they may call you and you get a $5 bait that you might get a dollar discount, it's not worth the running and being part of it when I'm lucky enough to have something like Shields ready where I got the whole store I got they they take care of me on for as an employee just for like an outside employee so for pricing so yep. don't need the other places.
0: No nope, so that's I can good. Focus
2: more on that. No doubt about it. So
0: All right, Paul. Uh oh. well then we uh we definitely appreciate you uh um joining on the yeah. show and uh I'm um, um, yeah, honored
2: I made the cut even to be called. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no,
1: no it's we've been, I'm
0: uh, me and have Matt have about been talking
1: you on for a while, so yep, finally worked yep. out.
0: Yep. Well, hopefully, we bump into you one of these evenings uh, out at one of those local South Dakota or Sioux Falls lights. Yep.
2: So, well, I'm on most of them I, on average four or five nights a week. It's not unusual, sometimes six. Heck yeah, spring and the fall, I'll have two three weeks. I will not miss a night. All right. So, so yep, I'm out every night. Perfect. So you may not see me till the sun touches the horizon. A lot of them are coming off, but I'm there. <laughs> yep.
0: So. Awesome. Well, perfect. Uh, we thank you very much. Okay. Well, thank you. See ya. And there he goes. That was Paul Stark, uh, kind of a walleye fishing wizard uh, down here in southeast South Dakota.
1: Yeah, he, he kind of has made a name for himself down here i can remember way back when on the dakota angler you know forums and stuff like that oh walleye jig was his walleye he, jig yep was really his, was his handle on there and you're kind of dating yourself there oh, Matt. Uh, back remember, on the forums huh? yeah. like long before facebook Him and craig were always i can remember those guys on the there. craig yep the craig <laughs> the so, craig huh. i don't know if that was craig i can't remember what oilers i'm pretty sure yeah. it was the, the craig or
0: tc oiler or something like that uh I think uh, I think his buddies out there still call him TC, the Craig. See, that's uh,
1: how I, that's how I got to know a lot of like who a lot of these guys are. Really, a lot, especially the local guys. I didn't know that you
0: were such a badass back in the day. I don't know when you fell off, but <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I started losing my hair. Okay, okay, <laughs> then it, then it went. fair enough, fair enough. When <laughs> you started chasing I, possums I, around I, the earth, you can't <laughs> look like a badass with hair like this.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, Matt, uh, I don't believe either you or I uh, got out and did any fishing this weekend, but you
1: did uh, something kind of fishing-related last night. Uh, tell us what you did with that boat. Yeah, I, talking to our buddy Colby Van Beek down there in Sioux Center. and We had talked. I got those new graphs earlier this year, a couple of 9-inch Garmin's, and was going to install them, but we you know, got busy and everything like that. Yep. And it's something that I'm not going to tackle on my own because... I'm not very good with electronics. You got no issue stuff. with helping, but that's right. just not something like. Right, yeah, I, can, I think yeah, I let can me throw that in out there. there. I, I have the very good ability to make a 30-minute job into like a six-day job.
0: So, and and then
1: it's still not working. And it's still, you still end up got to bring it somewhere to get it 12 done. Twelve extension so. cords laying around, <laughs> and can't figure out why nothing's powering up. So I, I met, Kobe and I had been talking back and forth, and uh, he's like, "Well, I don't have anything going on tonight. I want to bring it down, and we'll." tackle it at my place and i figured out what the heck so i loaded up the boat and ran down to kobe's place the other day on saturday night and oh i suppose we got started around six o'clock and i think we buttoned everything up around ten thirty. so nice yeah we i mean had to work in the dark a little bit but yep. we were able to push kind of close into his garage so we had some light there and no we got both of them on they both turned on, so I guess that's a plus. Uh, <laughs> that's half the battle, right there. <laughs> so I guess uh, now, I mean, I don't know if I'll get her out before we head up on vacation. So that's right. I guess uh, I'll have the whole vacation to kind of play around with them and yep. adjust them and set them and do all that stuff. Week from today, you're going to be leaving, right? Right. Yeah. The day so. after
0: uh, the old Dripster Ramrod's wedding. Yep. That, that Sunday morning, we'll take off. So okay. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know if uh, we'll try to get something else recorded here during this week. But uh, Friday night we've got a rehearsal. Uh, Saturday the wedding. Sunday you're taking off. Uh, Thursday night I know I got a fire meeting, so either <laughs> right. either we're going to turn and turn flip flop and and do one again like tomorrow, or or this probably uh, it out of you for a couple weeks. But right, uh, yeah, um, that's all right. I'll uh, we'll see what Jeremy K up to. We'll. We'll, we'll figure out somebody, maybe we'll give you a call, figure out what's going on up in Minnesota, but uh, um, have no fear, guys. Uh, we will at least, we'll hear from Matt in the next week or two.
1: <laughs> I'll be up there. Yep, that's right. I'm looking forward to it. Always look oh, forward to that. that trip. I believe that. I always look forward to it. Jeremy Lakes, just got back from there. I was going to say, from the exact same spot. So yep. Water is up more than it was last year, so that's always nice. Last year, you, they had the lifts down as far as they could go. You could barely still get your boat on the lift, so this yep. year, looking forward to not having to deal with that. Things a little bit different. Yep. Um, a
0: uh, couple things. A uh, couple things. Uh, NWT this weekend, uh, Marinette, Wisconsin. I believe that's on Lake Michigan. Um, don't know a whole lot about uh, that area. I think it's somewhat in the Green Bay area, but uh, um, yeah, I guess I Lake Michigan. The only I, I know that they mentioned it on uh, the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald song, but uh, that's about all I know about. Uh, <laughs> I think they said the the bays and islands are for sportsmen. I think that's what they said on uh, that song. But otherwise, I know nothing about it. Uh, Bassmaster Elite Series is going down up on the St. Lawrence River. Um, so if you are part of our fantasy fishing, uh, get those in. I believe that'll probably start. Uh, uh thursday i'm thinking it starts thursday yeah, i'm pretty sure it's it thursday, thursday, thursday friday thursday. saturday sunday four-day tournament uh it'll be a small mouth beat down uh, as takuidu calls it uh small mouth disneyland up there <laughs> on the st lawrence um otherwise uh yeah i think that's about all we've got um yeah i don't know matt you got any good news stories
1: well a good news story um i guess I got to just give a good shout out to Kobe for helping me with that boat. I you mean, bet. Anybody that's ever rigged a boat, it's it seems like they put all the wiring in there, and then they build everything else around the wiring where you it's inconvenient to get to. So uh, he jumped right in there and really tackled it, and we got everything ran. So I got to... That's kind of my good news story, is to thank him, and you kind of mentioned it with Ramrod's wedding this coming weekend. Yep. So
0: that was actually going to be my good news well, story. Then, go uh, ahead
1: I, with it. I
0: actually believe Ivy isn't uh, gonna gonna ditch. I mean, she's running out of days. <laughs> if right. you're going to do it, you the better like, is on You better do it today, tomorrow. Uh, anything after that, uh, um, you know, it's already too late. You can't back out of the DJ and the caterer. You know, the stuff is booked. <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, um, no, that's uh, it's just a joke. Uh, um, Ramsey Ramsey pulled it off again. He's the I've I've said it before. He always lands with his ass in the butter, and uh, uh, this is going to be no different. Um, but
1: uh, golly, we didn't even. We forgot our freaking good news sponsor. Our good news sponsor. Well, we freaking Freedom Brew. That's what those good news stories were brought, who
0: they were brought to you by. Yep, that's right. Uh, Freedom Brew over in Larchwood uh, this past weekend. Larchwood days. Uh, 150 years old, huh? 150 years old? Is that? Is that what it was, uh, huh? I think that's what I saw. Is Larchwood older than Rock Rapids? I don't even know if we've hit 150. Uh, you can't really, I mean, the people in Larchwood... I mean, after you get over seven, like, you know, (laughs) seven, nine, 12, you know, whatever, 150, we're 150. Uh, they might not be able to count, but damn it, they can make good coffee. And, uh, so get over there to, uh, to freedom brew, uh, tell them, tell them that we sent you and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, uh. God dang it, I, I was going to go on Saturday, and, and that went down, you know, the Larchwood days. But uh, one of these days, I think I'm just going to have to take a week off work and just get over there and start start getting after some of those drinks. The The fair's coming up. Maybe, maybe, maybe Freedom Brew needs to go mobile with the Lion County there Fair coming oh, that's up. That's a good idea. Not a bad idea. Uh-uh. So... Freedom Brew, uh, that's our that's our dudes. Also, I want to give a shout out. Uh, you know, Matt and I have talked a lot about uh, dirt track racing. You know, Jeremy K, our buddy, my neighbor, uh, used to be a dirt track racer, and. Uh, um yeah, we were just fans of, of the overall dirt track racing scene. Uh, there's some dudes from here. Uh, one of them's from here in our town. The other one's from the next town over, but they've actually started up a podcast called Hoagie's garage and that's H O O G I E S garage. Uh, his last name's hook I believe. And, uh, they, they do a lot of, uh, dirt track racing stuff, uh, kind of the exact same thing that what we do. Um, they give uh, dirt track racers a call. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I've talked to a lot of other people around that uh, uh, are into the dirt track racing, sprint car racing, and uh, they're getting some big guests yeah, I on I mean, say, you know, yeah. they, they're they they're not afraid. Uh, I believe they got Rico Abreu uh, scheduled for this coming week. Uh, they've had Lance DeWeese, Carson Macedo. Uh, they do a lot of stuff with the local, uh, um, you know, on the local level with the Heusitz winners and whatnot. Uh, I highly suggest uh, it, it'd be worth your time to uh, – to at least check them out. Uh, if, if you know if it's not for you, well, then fine. That's fine too. But uh, um, it is for me. I I enjoy it every single week. And uh, um, give them a shot. Yeah, give them a shot. The, uh, check out uh, check out Midwest Angler podcast, and then turn around and check out uh, Hoagie's Garage.
1: And it's the cool thing about it is it's just like fishing. Yep. You know, related to people. As far as you know, a lot of us grew up with fishing in our lives. A lot of us have grown up with racing in our lives, right. especially in our area here, because there is a lot of racetracks when you start to think about it yep. in our little tri-state area here there is a lot of racetracks here so yep. i mean it's a part of uh a lot of families you know tradition and stuff like that and to see those guys doing that is pretty awesome yeah and if you don't like spring cars then there's something freaking wrong with you <laughs> i mean sprint cars spring cars are like the the, the large, bass boats. yeah or, or like, like the, the bass, bass boat. you know i mean well they're, they're like the like a car cars like a bass boat i mean it's you know built for speed fast and, sleek yep, you know just, ev- even the people that don't have them want them yeah you admire them when you go buy them you're just yeah. like oh okay Son well, that's of a gun. cool yep. you know. the hussies
0: like them <laughs> the hussies like you know there's a if there's a whole s- slew of hussies flying around uh, they're going they're going to the bass boats and they're going to the sprint cars that's just a that's that's a it's just so, the way it is
1: so what would you compare walleyes to then in the racing world the two b mods b mods uh, always say, spinning out i was gonna say the two-man cruisers just kind of out there for a leisurely drive taking nah, up de- the track. they're definitely b mods <laughs> definitely b mods so all
0: right uh, that is episode 179 uh, i believe we've pissed off everyone in the racing community <laughs> now so uh um, well that's good too you know they sometimes they need their feathers ruffled but uh that's episode 179 Uh, we appreciate you guys swinging in we'll see you next week on episode 180 later